Well, good morning. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can open it to Acts chapter 8. The passage that Kelly just read is what we will study this morning. If you don't have your Bible or a Bible, uh, we have some on the back table back there we'd like to offer to you as a gift. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray and then we will we'll dig into this scripture if we could. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity that you've given to us to gather together as uh, a body to study your word and to worship you and to just be together. Father, I thank you for what you will say and do in our hearts and in our lives this morning. I pray that you would free us from distraction and keep our minds focused on you and your son, Jesus. You are a good God and you've done good things to us and for us. And we thank you and we trust you. We give these moments over to you in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, so I, I want to talk just a little bit this morning uh, before we get started about last week. Um, several new folks here this morning, so you might not know what happened last week. Last week we baptized seven people. We gathered in uh, the Kuntz's backyard and, uh, and threw a big party and baptized in their pool and had some bounce houses and just a, a great big party celebrating the fact that God had called seven people out of death and into life and uh, uh, just an ex- explosion of celebration. It was, it was fantastic. Um, and this morning I want to talk about celebrating Jesus in the middle of that and celebrating what God did, but also helping us in thinking through the understanding of, of what, what happened, how were people on mission to, to accomplish that, the, the details behind all that. So uh, before we get to that, to celebrate what, what happened last week, um, we've put together a, a short video about last week. Go ahead and fire that up. A lot of what we want to, to see take place is those who were instrumental in the conversion, in the, in the proclamation of the gospel to the individual. Want, we want them to participate in the baptism. Because I was at the darkest point of my life, my wife and I, our marriage was ruined. Like I said, I was at my darkest days when I came to North Church, and it was just like my eyes opened and Jesus was there. There's one way that you can grow such a broken world and that's God and and so I, I, I am so excited to say that I, I finally have a relationship with God and I know who he is and that he loves me and lying in bed one night I asked God to help me to give me some assurance but I heard nothing in the dark room which I took to be an undeniable sign of God's absence and I became an atheist I lived that life comfortably for eight years until September of 2012 when Sierra disturbed my universe.
God is good, right? Um, seriously, um, what, a, what a great day that was. Um, Kyle sitting right there, he was one of the guys baptized. Um, you might have seen in the video that he was soaking wet before he got baptized because he leapt into the pool prior to the baptism. Um, God, is, God is really, really good. And we celebrated his goodness and how he called people out of death and into life last week. And, and like it would have been good to be in this room and do that, but to be in a, in a backyard throwing a party is exactly what we wanted to do. And, and I think that, that what happened was, was God and, and Jesus were, were elevated and, and we recognize that he is the power, he is the authority, he is all that we are, all that we hope to be, and he's given all of that to us. Um, but in, in the middle of that, and this is where, what I'll, what I'll say this morning, where it, it was born is um, Norman and Christy, the, the bigger guy that was in the video, and his wife that was standing in front of him, uh, when, when, they were, when they were talking, kind of sharing their story, and you sh- heard just a, a, a glimpse of, of several minutes of what they said, uh, I, was, I was standing kind of next to them. They were about right here. And right there, probably about where she's sitting right now, is, is Morgan. Hi, hey, Morgan. Uh, and, and I was watching her face, because that was her dad and, uh, and, her, and her stepmom, and watching her face as they told stories about how she introduced them to, to this body and to introduce them to Christ. And, and the look on her face was like, wow, like I had no idea. And Morgan and I talked afterwards and uh, began to think about, we, we talk here at North Church about wanting to equip you to go and be on mission. And, and that's, a, that's kind of a buzzword to on mission, or a buzz phrase, if you will, um, to be on mission. What, is, what does that mean, to be on mission? And we'll talk about that this morning, and we just read the story of Philip being on mission and the greatness of God, the goodness of God, showing up in someone being on mission. But really, it, it's, it's pretty simple, and we'll get into three real s- specific and simple steps to be on mission. But I want to say this, sometimes we're on mission and we have no idea that we are on mission. And that's the picture that I saw on Morgan's face last week is she had been on mission and didn't realize it. She was just living her life and, and people were coming to Christ because of, of stuff that she did and, and how she lived her life. And so a lot of times we're on mission and we don't realize it, but also a lot of times we're not on mission because... Let's, 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 can we have a conversation? Give me some reasons why you, you're not on mission, why you're not pointing to Jesus with your life. Anybody? Selfishness. That's an absolutely perfect one because sometimes being on mission or talking about Jesus or engaging people with the life of Christ is, is hard. Or maybe it's just easier to, to sleep in than it is to get up and go be on mission. Yeah. Selfishness is, is probably at the... You know, if we're playing Family Feud, that's probably the number one answer. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) All right, so now it's on you guys, this side. (laughs) Fear. Fear, absolutely. That's 
That's, that's a huge, and, and that, there's so many little subtexts under fear. We're, we're afraid of what people are going to say to us or how we're going to respond, but I think we're probably more afraid that we don't know what the heck we're talking about. And so what if we're engaged in a conversation about Jesus and they start talking about, well, how can a loving God allow evil to be present in the world? You, you might be smarter than I am, but likely you don't have a really good explanation for that. It's a, that the answer to that question takes about three and a half weeks working 10 hours a day to really understand and, and think through and talk through. And so we're, we're afraid not just of people's reactions, but that we don't really have a good handle on what it means to be on mission. And I hope today we can study the scriptures and realize that it, it doesn't. You don't have to be C.S. Lewis to be on mission. It's a good thing because he's not alive anymore. Uh, what else? Give me another reason why you... Commitment, yeah. It requires a, a, a real commitment. It, it requires an investment in somebody else's life. And, and a lot of times, that's a, a life you'd rather not get involved with sometimes. And it's a, there's a commitment to that. There's a commitment to, to study and to prayer and to, and to gathering. Yeah, there's a, a, a definite commitment. Anybody else? Yeah. Priorities. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather sit at home this afternoon and watch TV than, and that comes back to selfishness. Yeah, we have our priorities mixed up. But we showed that video, like it's, it's, a, it, it's so great. Who, who was there last week? It was so great, right? Yeah. So our priorities are out of whack because we're out of whack because if our priorities really were in, in whack, does that make sense? Um, it would, we would be, we'd be chasing that because real joy comes there. Not in, if a team wearing red wins a baseball game, right? Anybody else? Why we don't engage on mission? Doubt. Ooh. Yeah. Man. Seriously, that, that one, uh. Are, are we really, can, can we, can, like I'm a pastor, can I be honest with you? There's, there's doubt that creeps into my mind. Is this for real? Is this legit? Am I steering somebody? That, uh, Tim Keller says doubt is the antidote for the Christian life. Meaning, like we have doubt, we bring that doubt to God, and God, if, if God is really who he says he is, and he's full of truth, then what? What difference could your doubt make? Are you, are you big enough that you can doubt strong enough to change the truth about who God is? That's pretty stupid. But when we bring our doubt to God and we, we press it up against his truth, then we now have an antidote in us when doubt comes. Doubt, don't be afraid of it. Um, so uh, let's, let's get to, to our passage um, starting in verse 26 of Acts chapter 8. Uh, three things that I want us to, to see this morning. First is obey. Let's look at Philip um, and how he obeyed. 
Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. All right, act number one of obedience there, Philip. Very simple. He said, go. And what 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 did Philip do? He went. All right? To be on mission is, is simple obedience. He went and did what he did. Verse 27. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch and a court official of Candace, a queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, who had come to Jerusalem to worship. So, obedience from Philip. Did you see, like, it's, the angel said, go, and he went, and because he was obedient, what happened? He encountered a person that God intended for him to encounter. Do you, do you see the, the simple process there? Just simple obedience. God is going to bring opportunities for you to go and be on mission. It's, it's, not, it's not all that complicated. I'm, like, I'm wearing a microphone and we need to like, make this thing complicated, but it's not. God said, do this. He did it. God brought someone to him and... The rest of the story is fantastic. Verse 29, skip down there. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot. Okay, what do you think obedience would look like for Philip when the Spirit says, go over there? It's not rhetorical. To go over there. Like, it's, like we, we try and complicate things. Go and be on mission. Go and be obedient. Do what God has called you to. Um, very simple. Step number one in being on mission is to obey. Um, the second thing is to live your life. Um, in just a second, I'm going to... Uh, actually, let me start. I'm going to pull this over. And uh, for those of you who are visual learners today, today's your day. Because I'm going to... but. I was talking to Kyle about this. Kyle is a friend of mine over there. He's a visual learner, but he's also an artist. So I'm going to you know, be right in the thick of things with his visual learning. But as an artist, I don't have it. So um, you're just going to have to bear with me. So you visual learners who are artists, I'm sorry. Uh, take the good with the bad. Um, I want to write the names down of the seven people from last week. All right? Um, Jeff and uh, Kyle and Norm and Christy. And then down here we'll write the kids that were baptized. Uh, Mia, Boston, and Ian. All right? These are the people that were baptized last week. Um, and now I want point number two about being on mission is just live your life Um, and we told the stories that were there Uh, I want to write right here in the middle we're going to do NC everybody know what NC stands for? North Church that's exactly right and and before we we get to the the heart of of this conversation and, and this uh, chart or whatever here. I want to 
elaborate on what I mean by North Church in the middle. Um, I mean, uh, some of you were part of the core group when we started eight years ago, and we were thinking through, praying through what God's vision, God's mission, God's purpose for us. A lot of who North Church is came out of that. Um, North Church also is, look to your left, look to your right, North Church. It's people. The people that, that gather together here together. So when we, when at that NC with a circle around in the middle is very, is, is us. And it's everybody who has participated in this. At the beginning of who we are, we raised some support from the Missouri Baptist Convention. We raised support from Summit Community Church and they birthed us. And it's, so they're in that circle. You're in that circle. They're in that circle. People who have been a part of this group are, are a part of that circle. All right? So... Um, everyone here can do this in, in red, these lines in red. Everyone here traces part of why they were there yesterday or last week back here. Um, so we're all participating in the midst of that. Um, so people living their lives make up North Church, all right? Um, and then also, uh, Morgan, let me read something that Morgan said. Cooper, put that slide up there, that something that Morgan said. Her and I were having a text conversation this week, and she said, the fact that my name was mentioned three t- in three testimonies was blowing my mind. I can't tell you how many times I felt like a complete failure at the faith, but it just makes me look at the cross even more. Um, so let's write Morgan's name on here. We're going to write her in black again. So we're going to write Morgan's name and all these people spoke. And we're going to go back to North Church for Morgan too because uh, she's a part of that. All right? All those three people specifically put her name in the middle of that. And let's look at, at what she had to say in light of, of our little family feud game that we just played. The fact that my name was mentioned in three testimonies was blowing my mind. She, she was on mission with her life and had no idea that she'd been on mission with her life. And her dad, which that, that's even more like mind-blowing. Her dad is standing, her dad, big barrel-chested cops, hulk of a man, right, is crying, talking about how his daughter led him here. Morgan had no idea she was on mission. What was she doing? Just being Morgan, living her life. What does it mean to be on mission? Just obey and live. It's really simple. And then this happens, right? And now there, there's more cool parts to this, okay? So one of the things about North Church uh, is that we want to be uh, a church planting church, all right? So let's, let's put that out here, smaller, when we gathered as a core group eight years ago, we decided one of our, our, our vision statements of what we wanted to become was we wanted to become a church planting church. About two and a half years ago, um, I got to have a conversation with a guy named Scott Clayton and, and another, another guy named Judd, all right? And so we were sitting down, they were thinking about planting a church, and we'd kind of been connected relationally a little bit, and so we started giving uh, support to them, a, a, like a couple hundred dollars a month, 
and uh, I was meeting with him monthly, coaching those two guys to, to plant a church called Christ Church, all right? Um, and Morgan grew up in Judd's youth group, all right? So because of the obedience God placed in us to, to go and be a church planting church, we connected with Scott and Judd at Christ Church, all right? So red line here. And because of that relationship, Morgan happened. Morgan knew Judd and connected with Judd and grew up with Judd. And so, again, this idea, all these, these arrows and red and black and blue and all this stuff up there is to get us to understand just living life can be on mission. We obey and we live our lives, all right? And more than that is how I got in that relationship with, with Scott was like, Kyle gathered us, gathered some guys together to play golf, and I met Scott, and we started hanging out. And one of those times playing golf, we were talking about church. Turns out he's looking to plant a church. Turns out we're looking to connect and, and coach somebody that's planting a church. Kyle's living his life, gathering people together to play golf, and all this happens. So we can we can like trace back Norm standing there in front of that pool crying, talking about his daughter and Jesus and North Church and God and all that beautiful things to a conversation after a golf tournament in a restaurant. What does it mean to be on mission? Just obey and live your life. All right? Um, More. Jeff. uh, Jeff Harmon. um, What does he say? He says this. um, I was so caught in questions of cosmology, biology, morality, and historical arguments for the resurrection of Jesus. Jeff is a clearly an intellectual guy. Hey, Jeff. Uh, clearly an intellectual guy. And, and I don't know if, if the audio came through in that, but he was one of the things he said last week was that he asked God to show up. God was silent, and he decided at that point that God didn't exist, and he was going to be an atheist, and he was an atheist for a while until Sierra entered into his life, and God started to, to talk to him. All right? So... Um, we have Sierra here, all right, uh, and more of what Jeff said. My head was full of ideas, but my head, my heart was being ignored. I recognized the very qualities that I loved about Sierra had a source in something that was very real. Then, along that line, Jeff had a conversation with his friend John Jost. Hey, John, what's up, buddy? Um, all right, so here's John Jost, and we'll give a little red line here. John said this to Jeff. Do you think that it's just a coincidence that the woman you love believes in this? Man, I gave up on believing in coincidences a long time ago. Um, John, did, when you had that conversation, did you like, like go to that, I don't know where you were, coffee shop? Let's just pretend it was a coffee shop. Did you go to that coffee shop and say to yourself, I'm going to go be on mission today? No. He's, just, he's being obedient and he's, and he's living his life. And here's the other cool part about John Jost is John has a wife, Katie. All right? And Megan, you might have to help me with this one. Um, Megan Brockmeyer. Megan, raise your hand over there. Did she? Why are you guys laughing? Um, Megan was one day not really on mission, 
just living her life, being obedient, having a conversation with her brother in a Starbucks, and somebody, a friend of a friend or something, overheard a conversation, and uh, they were related in some way. It was, it was Katie, Katie's brother-in-law, John's wife's brother-in-law. This is awesome that it's kind of like fractured like that. So Megan, talking to her brother about stuff, bumps into Katie's brother-in-law, and the product of that conversation is John and Katie connecting here, and then John and Katie, when was it, a couple of years ago, were in those same baptism waters, and we we're throwing a, a similar party, right? So, like, Megan on mission leads to John on mission leads to Jeff Harmon in a baptism waters. And it's not like we, like, sat down over some intimate, deep Bible study. These are people just living their lives. And when you went to that Starbucks, did you know you were on mission that day? No, but she was. We overcomplicate this stuff. Like it's some big, massive, like we have to have gather together and, and all gather at church and then pray about where we're going to go knock on doors. Just, I mean, that's, that's fine, but go live your life. Obey and go live your life. Um, there's more here. Um, let's, let's talk about the kids. All right. Um, so we're, uh, we're a small church, right? And we have, uh, kids that are back there in classes right now. Who in the last year, uh, who has worked with, with kids from birth to, yeah, look at them all. Look at all these hands going up. Um, and, and lots back there and lots that aren't here today. So we have, um, kids ministry. So each one of these kids belongs there, and I'm losing it here. Um, each one of these kids belongs there. So if you've been involved in kids ministry, you've been on mission. It's really simple. It's not that complicated. Um, and then we've also got families. We've got, this one happens to be my daughter. So, us praying with her, reading the scripture to her. Hammond's here. Um, red line. And then this is, this is my nephew, so uh, my brother and his wife. Um, and as we're, as we're getting here, I, I want to... I want to point something out. Uh, Cooper, throw Morgan's quote back up there. Um, in the middle of that, look at the, the last sentence that she says there. I can't tell you how many times I felt like a complete failure at the faith, but it just makes me look at the cross even more. Okay, here comes the Jesus part. Um, can't tell you how many times I saw myself as a failure in the faith. It just makes me look at the cross even more. Um, you guys may not know this, Boston, uh, Ben and Stephanie are are back there with the kids right now. Uh, Ben is not Boston's biological father. That came from, uh, and Stephanie has has given her testimony in front of us before, and we've talked about this, um, from a a time in Stephanie's life where uh, suicide was a very real option to her, and men had done nothing but take advantage of her, and uh, churches 
that she'd been a part of had had nothing but ostracize her in that part of her life. And she was deep in sin of alcohol, sin of sex, and outside of marriage, and, and, and not honoring her body, and all of those things. Boston is a product of that situation, but God is providential and sovereign and called Boston to himself and called Ben and Stephanie and has redeemed the sin that's in Ben and Stephanie and has redeemed the sin that's in all of us. Um, you might not know this as well. Um, we have a daughter. My wife and I have a daughter, Brianna. Um, my wife uh, got pregnant with her somewhere between her junior and senior year of high school. And that fact, lots of circumstances happen for us to be together. So Mia doesn't happen without Jen's high school pregnancy. God redeemed that and has redeemed her and has redeemed our daughter and has redeemed me and redeemed all of that and brought glory to himself in spite of who we are. Look back at what Morgan says. I can't tell you how many times I've felt like a complete failure at the faith, but it just makes me look at the cross even more. In the middle of of her incorrect self-assessment, that's why we read the Ephesians 1, because of the cross, I am. That's why we read that this morning. In the middle of that incorrect self-assessment, Morgan was on mission. And, and everything on the bottom row there is, is, is filling our minds with the ability that God can overcome our inadequacies. Not just can, but does always, redeems it for himself, for himself, for his purposes. Ian, my nephew, is a product of that. My sister-in-law, Shannon, got pregnant with Ian before my brother and her were married. God redeemed it and has brought lots of, of his, his truth to that. And I don't want to, even for a little bit, celebrate sin. It's not, it's not at all what I'm talking about. But what I do want to talk about is exactly what Morgan said at, the, at her last phrase there, but it makes me look at the cross even more. All of this stuff that we've talked about, everything that's, that's up there on the board, the arrows and, and all of this is, is not about any name that's up there. It's about Jesus entering into the sin that's present in that person's life and redeeming it in such a way that causes that person to want to go and proclaim the message of Jesus. And it doesn't, and, and I, don't, I don't like that phrase, it causes the person to go and proclaim the message of Jesus. That makes it sound like you need to stand on a, a, a street corner on a soapbox with a megaphone. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just living your life. Doing the third thing, it's obey, live your life, and point to Jesus. Ephesians 1, one of the things that we said this morning is, because of Jesus, I am to the praise of his glorious grace. And what that means is simply, you, if Jesus has, re- has saved you from your sin, brought you out of death and into life, you are a commercial for Jesus. Even when you're filled with sin, you're a commercial for Jesus. And, and that's the beautiful part about all of these names up here, is that there's every single one of us aren't just redeemed sinners, we are current sinners. Look at what Morgan said. I mean, I saw myself as a complete failure at the faith. Have you guys ever been there? Have you, have you been there today? Probably. 
seeing yourself as a complete failure at the faith. But in the middle of that, to point to Jesus that I am redeemed. Yes, I'm broken. I'm redeemed. Jesus has saved me. Let's look back at our passage at the cross, at Jesus. Um, go to, to verse 35. Actually, let's, let's skip back up and, and read what this Ethiopian eunuch was saying. Verse 32. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. You guys remember the story. We, we just read it. This, this guy's traveling down the road reading the Bible and he doesn't understand what he's reading. All right? And this is what he was reading. Like a sheep that was led to the slaughter... And like a lamb that was before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life was taken away from the church. And the Ethiopian says to Philip, who is that talking about? Do you guys know who that's talking about? Who that person is there in Isaiah that he's talking about? It starts with a J. It's got five letters. Jesus. And so here, here's the beautiful part about being on mission. Philip, like, sometimes we think that you have to be this skilled orator or, or understanding scripture to be able to be on mission. But, like, God had already done everything here. Do you see? Do you see? Like, this is. Jesus, is, before Philip enters the equation, this Ethiopian eunuch is desiring to understand who God is and is turned to a pet place in Scripture that is talking about Jesus. This is, if you've ever been to a Good Friday service, you've heard this passage in Isaiah read. It's Isaiah 53, I think. Like a sheep that was led to the slaughter, Jesus was like a sheep led to a slaughter, and like a lamb before a shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. You remember that passage. You Go back to a Good Friday service you've been a part of. Go back to an Easter service you've been a part of. You've probably heard this before. Jesus goes willingly and silently to his crucifixion, to his great injustice, willingly goes there. And the... The person on mission hasn't opened his mouth yet. What are we so afraid of? God's the one doing the work. And God's the one that did the work. In Jesus. So, verse 34 is the first time. This, the eunuch is probably already there. And this is the other cool thing. Um, uh, Jeff, Jeff's situation, uh, the atheist turned Christian. Um, I had had some long conversations with, uh, with Sierra, and, and if I, I should have written about eight or nine more names on, uh, against Jeff's name there. But I was kind of given charge one day to, okay, it's, now it's my turn. I'm going to talk to Jeff. And, and we were having a conversation in my living room, just him and I, on a Friday morning. And uh, I, was, I was all ready, like, I got my list of things I want to say to him. I got, you know, list of books I want to sit, let him read. Got all these, like, I'm, I'm ready, ready to do this. And he was, like, God had already done it. Like, all right, tell me your story, man. He just starts talking the gospel. 
yeah, I was an atheist, but now, like, I've, I've, stuck, I've been involved with, with Ben, I've been involved with John, and, and they've kind of shown me some scripture, and I've studied, and, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there, man. So, like, I was all prepared, but Jesus already, and that's why this is so simple. Obey, live your life, point to Jesus. Let, let, let him do the work, because he, he already is, and he already did it in you. So Philip, much like me, sitting there in my living room all excited to present the gospel, um, says in verse 35, he opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus, pointing to Jesus. So he, he's like, he's there and ready. And they, they drive a little bit further and they, hey, drive. They didn't drive. <laughs> Uh, they traveled a little bit further and found some water and just let's why not do this let's 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 get baptized and he did so all of this this morning is to to see this to think these things and and point obey live our lives and point to jesus and this pointing to jesus is something that's, that's in us and flows through us. Jesus is beautiful. And he has died on the cross like a sheep led to the slaughter, like a lamb silent for its shearers, opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. This is our Jesus. This is what we celebrate the reason that we had a party last week was because of Jesus. The reason that we gathered together today is because of Jesus. He is good and he is ready and able and willing to save you in these moments. He is ready, willing, and able to have saved you. Point our lives, our attention, our focus towards him. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, you are good. You've given us Jesus. You have shown us so many times and so deeply the sufficiency of Jesus, not just in our personal salvation, but even in our mission, God. Lord, I pray that you would stir in us this desire to go and and be on mission, to obey and to live our lives and to point to your Son. God, I thank you for Sierra and for John Jost and for Megan Brockmeyer and for Morgan Mars and for everyone who's ever been a part of North Church I thank you how you've used each of them to draw people to yourself Lord I pray for those specific people that they wouldn't see their mission in their life as as mere coincidence but instead you the sovereign God of the universe made a, a, a decision to 
to use them to bring people to your kingdom. And even in the middle of our failures and our sin, Jesus reigns on top of it all, using sinful people to bring sinful people to himself. God, I pray that you would stir up in us a desire, a motivation, a spark, an ignition to go and live a life on mission, engaging our neighbors, those that we work with, we go to school with, our family, engaging for the sake of your son, Jesus. Pointing to your son, Jesus. I pray for the kids back there right now. Being silly and eating potato chips, Father. That you are building relationship that will one day culminate with these children giving their lives to you. And eventually their names will be written on a brown board, Father, that drew people to you. God, teach us to be obedient. Teach us to be in love with your Son. Teach us to live a life redeemed. You are beautiful. And your Son and His cross are above all that's said and done and thought this morning. God, draw our attention to Jesus. You are good and mighty God. We trust you. We give our lives and these moments to you. In Christ's name.